welcome to Reboot Higher Ed. So today we're going to be jumping into graduate admissions. So to just to kick everything off, I'm, uh, I wanted to go over a few things just to make sure that the flow of the uh, conversation uh, goes well. And that is uh, first just breaking down a couple of different uh, models uh, for admissions. And that's going to be your centralized, your decentralized, and your blended. Uh, your centralized is, you know, what you see many times at uh, just with undergraduate graduate enrollment, and so you have a central governing body, uh, which you know setting setting all the policies and standards, uh, baseline standards for the university. Uh, many of you all know that. I mean, it's undergraduate undergraduate admissions, you know, transcripts, uh, essays, uh, you know, and that a lot of the traditional uh, undergraduate mission undergraduate admissions is you know, admitting them to the university, and then along the lines, uh, the department, uh, the college or school within the university will do an admittance to the program, and there's a policies and procedures many times already set in uh, stone for those programs as well, but it's really, you know, the front end um, and, you know, getting the from inquiry to matriculation. Then you have a decentralized model that sees uh, individual colleges and departments working independently, and they take care of their own pro taking care of charge of their own processes and decisions. And then you have a blended, uh, which is just a combination of both models. So the reason this is a topic of conversation is because if first of all, just go on social media and start looking up different schools, graduate programs, you're gonna you're gonna be inundated with messages. There's gonna be a lot of like you know, new programs launching. You're gonna have um, you know, some more interdisciplinarian type programs that are combining. Uh, you know, business with healthcare, and you know, and that's not really that new, but you're going to see more and more of those. A lot of uh, schools are, are, you know, they understand that in in order to increase their student population and the diversity and some of the strategic goals that are developing, that de launching new graduate programs is is one of the main things that they're going to be doing. When we're doing that, we also have to acknowledge and with the current state of the graduate admissions is what is the current model, and I know for a lot of four-year universities, uh, this you know the small nonprofit private universities, uh, we have a you know more of a decentralized model, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just and the reason that it's there is because it was just always there, and you know let's face it, many times on the operations side within a university. Uh, Things just kind of can stay the same if, you know, you still have the same players uh, in the same positions. A lot of people have uh, been in the enrollment management office for a while. Uh, there, you know, not a lot of new ideas coming in. There could be so many different reasons. Also, there's a high focus sometimes on developing the new programs, but not a huge focus on the investment of time and dollars it's going to take to make sure that we're, we are retooling the uh, enrollment plan, uh, a comprehensive enrollment plan that it's going to actually take to get uh, students into said, uh, said new graduate program. So, you know, with, with the recruitment of a graduate student, one of the things that uh, we do have to take in consideration are those many messages that are going to be coming to your prospective students in the graduate program that you're launching that's the newest, greatest thing, or perhaps a, a program you have that's been tweaked and continues to develop and has been a standard uh, at your university, um, always had a lot of students, but it could be in jeopardy because there's another program in the same that's going after the same market. Uh, 
they've identified and you know they're you're cult you're, you're trying to cultivate that those primary and secondary markets and now you have other players in those markets recruiting the same students that usually fit the demographic or coming from a specific feeder school that were coming into your graduate school and now there's going to be a challenge out there there's going to be some inconsistent and ineffective recruitment strategies and guess what five to ten years ago they maybe they weren't inconsistent and ineffective they were very effective so it's really hard if things are decentralized, and this is the challenge, if they're already decentralized and it was working, it's uh, it can be difficult for you as a leader in your university to, to set eyes on that and, and do it in a way that you're not going to, uh, it's not going to be a detriment. This isn't a negative thing. This is a positive thing, but it's all about the approach. So working, you know, within your, um, in the operations piece of the university, wherever you sit, um, you know, whether it's indirect leadership leading up or uh, you're in charge. So one of the first things you have to do is assist the programs of seeing what centralized is, what decentralized is, what blended is, and what you uh, what you want to assist them with without being negative. So the biggest piece of a, of a centralized model and the piece you can take that is already well developed on the undergraduate level there is that front end of the funnel with, you know, your inquiry pool development. So the development of a relationship between the inquiry to apply, to apply to application complete, a big piece in the enrollment funnel can be done more effectively through a recruiter than it can be done through a program chair, or faculty member. And here's why. The time that it takes to recruit a graduate student um, and well, that time that the that time is is known as a sales cycle. The time the sales cycle could be anywhere between four four months to six months. Four months to six months. Has that changed? I can't say if it's changed or not because I, I I I don't have that data in front of me. Uh, so I don't want to just you know speak independently without that data. But I know that just in my experience in the last couple of years, four to six months is, is par for the course. So four to six months, so you're already thinking like, so how do you keep in touch with the student for four to six months? How does that communication even, even what does it look like? Well, let's, let's think about some things. Four to six months, so right now already what you're thinking is how many touch points of communication can you get to them for four to six months? Well, let's step back for a second. Let's step back because it's not just communication where we're looking uh, to uh, centralize some pieces of the enrollment management funnel. Uh, for the graduate admissions of your uh, university. We also need to be positioned competitively. The interest has got to be built. And then we have to have plans. Now, in a decentralized model, remember that school, that college within your university, they're taking care of all of that. So you know who your primary market is. You know, you know you're developing this, the curriculum for uh, a new program launch. And you have a specific student number in mind of a cohort and a goal. Now, how are you going to get there? And how are you going to be competitive? Because if you're going to keep it decentralized, that means that from the point of inquiry to matriculation into your program, that you are moving that student through the funnel. And you are also willing and able to put in the time that it's going to take to develop that uh, just the inquiry pool, the top of the funnel, inquiry to apply. 
So now we look, let's say you have a cohort starting a set academic program. Uh, let's say it's like one of those interdisciplinary programs where you're combining like IT with your school of business and then even throw in healthcare. So you got this new graduate program launching, right? Now you look at the budget of the program, um, the overhead and everything that's going to take, you know, to uh, maybe just break even or have some tuition revenue coming off that program. And let's say that number is between, let's say that number is 18 students, right? And I'm just picking that number out of the thin air. So you got 18 students that you're looking to get into that program. Now that cohort's going to start, let's say a year from now. So when you, you now everything's good. We're, we're taking this and we're saying that this program's launching and everything's been improved curriculum. Everything looks great. When you're getting ready to launch this program, you know how many students that you need. So now we got to reverse engineer that number all the way to inquiry, right? Now we know where, how many inquiries you need. Or do you? Do you know? Now you might know how many inquiries you need, but how are you going to develop all those inquiries? And when I say develop is, okay, so digitally you're going to be competitive with the other universities. So you got somebody that's interested in your program. It's two o'clock on a Saturday and they inquire and say, I want more information about this graduate program. That's great. Okay. Now uh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday uh, and you feel good because there's some automated communication plans that are already set up. Uh, so you got all that going and that communication goes out to that prospective student. That's great. Something that we need to take in consideration is that they also got some emails from about 10 other universities that have a program just like it online named something a little bit different. And then there's other people that just got their information because maybe they stepped on their website. Um, you know, they or maybe they, you know, they did one of those uh, inquiry forms that went out to three or four different universities. Now they're getting inundated with messages it's Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. Who's calling them on Monday? Who's calling them on Saturday? Who's sending something out to them on Sunday? So there's a whole bunch of items that you're going to have to take in consideration when you are building this pool. So the top line inquiry pool. So inquiry to apply, apply to application submitted, application submitted to application complete. The top line inquiry development starts from there. You need recruiters that are able to communicate with that prospective student moving them through that funnel. Now, when does the program become more in communication with that student? Upon admittance, program chairs and faculty can really start beginning engaging with that student uh, from admittance to matriculation. But that top line enrollment funnel, really having a centralized piece of graduate admissions working with that is going to assist a great deal with moving that student through the funnel, getting the getting the, the documents and everything that are going to be needed. And then the program, now I'm moving into more of a blended, a blended approach. The program is going to be on that back end that they're going to be making a lot of those decisions. So you're not going to take that away from the program. And that's going to be important as you're developing these uh, plans that you do communicate. Because if you do not uh, and you just pitch this, there's going to be a lot of uh, pushback because there's going to be certain things that the program doesn't want to give away. Now, when you're looking to have that blended model, you know, letting that, letting them know that, hey, so first of all, all the policies, admissions, decisions, and things of that nature are sticking with the program. What we want to be able to do is engage on the front end and get into that point and make sure that we're having the correct students get to your program. We're trying to assist you with that 18 students. So 18 students, that means that, hey, so I'm just throwing some hypothetical numbers out here. We're going to need, and you're going to need graduate admissions to assist with this as well. 
pulling marketing in, program chair, and your CFO. So now you got all the players in the room. You're going to, okay, so how many students do, how many touches do we need on that standalone site that's been developed by marketing or admin outsource? So we need, let's say, 7,000 touches on the sites. We give us the, just the correct amount of inquiries that we're going to need to convert into applications. And then of those applications that are submitted inquiry to application, that graduate recruiter, that admissions office is working with those students. Remember the unique messages that we think we developed in an automated communication plan that started on Saturday at two o'clock is great. However, the follow-up that's going to be needed that first week within that 48 hours, 24 hours, 10 minutes, five minutes of that inquiry is going to be, it's, it's going to be vital. You know, who's, who's going to be the first person to get in touch with them and then who's going to follow up. And then when they do, what kind of questions are they asking them and what are they learning about that student? What are, the, are they making sure that this program is right for the student and that student's right for the program? You know, there's a, there's a short window of opportunity that you're going to have with this prospective student. Now, saying that it's going to take four to six months, yes, you do need to have an automated communication plan already kind of set up and, we're, you know, and hitting that student with a lot of different messages, but you're also going to have the personal touch of a graduate recruiter that's also working with a prospective student. Now, there's a soft transition there. From the point of okay, now I've informed them about the program, and you know the the admissions office, the graduate admissions office is going to work with the program chairs and faculty to make sure that they do have those those bullet points and those main items that are going to be needed to be given to that prospective student on the front end, and it's going to be more, it's going to be better than just a website or an email or a YouTube video, you know, really finding out you know everything they can about this person. And getting to know them, um, and yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a surface level, but I think that, you know, whatever you can do to assist that student through, they'll start to see the benefit way beyond just, um, they'll see the personalized attention that we all say that we're doing on the front end. So they know when they get into that program, whether it's a seated or online course, uh, that they feel secure about that. And yes, it could take them a while to kind of figure that out. Uh, but that's where follow-up is going to be, you know, and then also knowing what those key performance indicators and those baseline standards are going to be set through your graduate enrollment office. Now, when you're looking at that, you know, your graduate admissions office is going to let you know and, and work with that student and know that, you know, if their uh, application submitted for longer than two or three weeks, uh, you know, there's a different kind of communication that needs to be uh, sent to that student and different follow-up that's going to be needed with that student. Your program chair and faculty within within that said program don't always necessarily have the proper tools or strategies, uh, and their you know their focus is on educating the students. In a competitive market that we are in today, you're telling your program chairs and your faculty to go against maybe another university that does have a recruiter, and that recruiter is going to be calling that student and calling that student and following up with that student and many other students with a specific goal that there's 18 students that I'm trying to recruit for this program. And then, you know, they're gonna move on to another program and another cohort they're gonna be working on. But in that predict, in that, that time frame, you know, how are you going to compete in, within your office on a decentralized model with a centralized blended mo or a blended model that's, you know, in short, I'm trying to make sure that they get from, you know, a stealth inquiry to an inquiry, inquiry to apply, to application complete, all documents are in, and now it's time for your review. Meanwhile, there's definitely going to be time that a uh, program chair faculty could reach out to that student, but the day-to-day -day communication that's going to be needed from, I'm going back to Saturday, Saturday at two o'clock when that inquiry was made, 
uh, is going to come out of a, a centralized model with the goal of uh, application review for admittance and then have a, you know, already have a plan already worked out where you're now passing that student and a soft transfer from the admissions office into, uh, you know, into the program. And that's going to be your admittance to matriculation. And we always know that, you know, there's going to be financial aid, there's going to be some other things. And then there also might be a time where that student just finds out that they, they can't move forward with that process where an application could be deferred. And that's going to happen out of your, your centralized model, too. So for those that are out there working in the graduate admissions and graduate enrollment, maybe there's specific programs that are centralized or, sorry, blended and some are decentralized. To get everybody on the same page, the first step is going to be letting them know uh, with the blended model what you're going to own and then what they're going to continue to own, what you are what you were assisting with, not taking away, and how are you going to enhance the prospective student opportunities uh, that are going to be coming into their program. So there's going to be some definitely some benefits of going into a blended model from a um, decentralized model and taking some of those pieces that many are familiar with of a centralized model and moving them into your, uh, your uh, comprehensive enrollment plan. Now I'm doing this and I'm saying this, taking into consideration that you're already kind of working with and building on um, uh, some, maybe some existed marketing or uh, things that are already in the pipeline to get launched. Uh, when those things get launched, uh, having that back end office already ready um, in, in time uh, to, you know, really just also enhance the opportunities that your marketing department or outsourced marketing vendor is going to create you do need that personal touch and those you know front end frontline sales individuals that are really uh, out there for your department out there for your college or university and making sure that they're developing the inquiry pool and moving them through the funnel uh, so this episode really just i uh, wanted and we will talk more about this but i know there's uh, conversations going out at many universities small nonprofit private uh, which has been a particular focus of mine. Uh, but I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of lay the land, lay uh, just the lay of the land today uh, and more to come on this as, you know, we look on the effectiveness a blended model can bring to your graduate enrollment programs, graduate programs. And uh, as you begin to figure out what that number is going to be, uh, what is the goal, what's your, you know, what's your first year goal, and this might even be, you know, no pun intended, a reboot of a current program that already exists and, you know, retooling some of that. So when we're making some changes, you know, what is that going to look like? What's the number? What's the goal for the first year? What's the goal for the second year of the cohort? How are we going to get there? Uh, who's going to own particular uh, particular parts of the funnel and assist moving that student through um, to begin this cohort even in the fall or the spring at your university? So thanks for tuning in today to Reboot Higher Ed, another short episode, just right under 20 minutes, uh, graduate enrollment, centralized, decentralized, blended, what's the best option, what's currently existing, and um, just some initial steps to get there. Uh, have a good rest of your day.